you're listening to This Podcast is for Women, episode number 53, Flourish Without Alcohol, Embracing Your Feminine Energy. Hi, everyone. In this episode, I want to share the concept of flourishing in your feminine energy without alcohol and how I believe that removing external substances from your life can actually help you align with your feminine energy, feel more grounded, get into a better identity with your feminine energy, with yourself, the things you're meant to do in life, the things you enjoy in life. It's a different way of enhancing your life because let's face it, alcohol is everywhere. It's on every commercial. It's on every television show. We use it to celebrate We use it when we're sad. We use it when we're happy. We use it when we're bored. (laughs) I once had a a therapist tell me that, you know, have helped me go to sleep, maybe have a glass of red wine at night. So it's really used as a medicine and both it's a party feel good time, especially when you're dating, you're under stress, you're lonely, you're going through a difficult time in your life. Now, maybe you're curious how a life with less alcohol might feel, or perhaps you're already alcohol-free or conscious of any mood-altering substances. I get really vulnerable with you in this episode because I had my own journey and experimentation with being alcohol-free, which started back in 2019, right on the cusp of the good old pandemic of 2020. (laughs) I picked a perfect time to explore a life without alcohol. I also got myself an alcohol freedom coach because I really needed help with what became known as the witching hour. So I'm going to introduce my coach to you. Her name is Amanda Kuda. We have a nice little chat about what it means to be alcohol free or curious, sober curious. I will tell you right off the bat, I don't like the word sober sobriety. I mean, for some people, it might be a badge of honor. For me, is like saying I'm normal. <laughs> Hi, I'm normal. I'm sober. I'm normal. I don't introduce myself as, oh, I drank four days out of the month last week and I was intoxicated. You know, I don't go around introducing myself this way. So for those of you who are in recovery, maybe on your dating profile, you introduce yourself as sober or you let people know that you're sober or you're in sobriety. I want you to just reconsider it a little bit because as one of my wonderful coaches over at iHeart Love Academy reminded me, she said, you know, you talk about the structure of a diamond and how we are all diamond girls. And it's about showing certain facets to the man. You don't have to show him all your facets, all your brilliance, all your details at once. You can take your time and you can just really let this unfold trusting your boundaries, trusting where you go on a date. And if someone says, hey, do you want to drink? Saying, no, I don't feel like drinking and having a glass of water or or saying something that feels in alignment with you. You can share anything you want to share at any time in your life. I do not want to offend anyone. My statement is just this, two things. If you're curious about being alcohol free, I believe it is totally a great way to get more grounded in your feminine energy, your identity, who you are as a person without this numbing effect that it has in your life. And then if you are already in recovery or you have just decided to live an alcohol-free life, don't make it your identity. 
don't make it who you are, especially when you're meeting a man for the first time or you're starting a relationship because I want you to show him and yourself your beautiful diamond girl self. And that means unfolding the details slowly and letting it unfold, trusting your boundaries, where you go on a date, how late you stay out, things like this. These are all really important boundaries that we need to have with everything, including alcohol. Plus, I think you can really get to know a person better without any type of numbing or drugs or anything like that, that take you out of yourself. I want your consciousness to be clear. I want you to be able to make really good decisions for yourself when you are finding a new partner or working out difficulties with your husband or your spouse or going through a difficult time in life. I think there's something really valuable that we hop over when we are numbing ourselves regularly or even occasionally. It's, it's all about how you feel. So I just want to give you a quick synopsis of my whole story with alcohol. I grew up in a family that we didn't really have alcohol in the house. No one in my family drank regularly or anything like that. However, I did as a teenager and a young adult grow up in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, and I experimented as a lot of teenagers do, and alcohol was pretty easy to find. Uh, being in Chapel Hill around the university and all the college students. So basically, by the time I turned 21, I didn't have a lot of interest in alcohol. In fact, I would say I maybe had 10 drinks from the time I was around 22, 23 until I was age 40. Seriously, I didn't drink. I didn't attract drinkers. I didn't label myself as a non-drinker. It was just something I didn't do. And interestingly, I also seemed to attract people who didn't really drink either. It was an interesting time now that I look back on it. In that moment, I would just had no interest in alcohol. It was just not part of me. I didn't think about it. It was nothing to think about. When I was going through my divorce, I discovered wine. And my husband and I, we were separating, but at the time we had started having a glass of wine or two and getting really cozy and giggly and warming up to each other. I mean, I have these wonderful memories of us snuggling up on the sofa and watching um, David Tennant, Doctor Who, and watching all these great British comedies and cuddling up and having red wine. And it's a wonderful memory. I wouldn't trade it for anything. But at the same time, as much as it got us closer together, I think I began to disappear a little bit. Now, many of you know that, that my marriage ended. We couldn't figure out how to make things work. In comes the artist. The artist swept me off my feet. And he was a big drinker. And I talk about him in this episode. And then when he walked out of my life, I was just left with the alcohol. <laughs> That's my memory of him. That's what I had of him were the drinks. I remember the first weekend we were officially broken up. I went out and bought his favorite beer that he loved. And I drank them all with tears in my eyes over the course of that weekend, just thinking about him and missing him and trying to figure out what I had done wrong with this person. Instead of boldly reclaiming who I was, standing up on my feet, going out, getting some fresh air and exercising 
and meeting some new guys. <laughs> That's what I needed to do, not stay home and drink. So this became a pattern for me and the wine 30 became a pattern for me. And then when I met my, my husband now, Jeff, he was really into these very unique, tasteful beers. And I started trying these beers. And before I knew it, I felt like I was drinking almost every night. Not always a lot, but more than what I really felt in alignment with myself. And I didn't like it. So I would wake up in the morning and I'd be like, oh my God, you guys... I can't believe this. We finished this bottle of wine. Oh, and we even had a beer in the afternoon. I remember I didn't like this feeling. Now, here's the other thing. I'm Adrienne Everhart. <laughs> I'm Adrienne Everhart when I wake up in the morning. I'm Adrienne Everhart behind my desk eight hours a day, five days a week, sometimes longer. I'm Adrienne Everhart when I step away from my job. I have to be me all the time. Being me is my career. I found myself just wanting to get away from me. Alcohol gave me that. I could just unplug from who I was and take on a little bit of a different consciousness. And as wonderful as that felt in the beginning, it eventually, that higher self part of me didn't like it. And I would wake up in the morning, again, having this regret, not feeling like I was really being my authentic self. And I'm so grateful that I had that nagging voice inside of me <laughs> telling me, this is just not all you're meant to be. And in fact, I felt like I was losing my direction in life and not really sure what I wanted to do one minute to the next. As I mentioned earlier, my stress levels were getting sky high. It's like the more I wanted alcohol, the higher my stress got, then the more I wanted a glass of wine at the end of the day to deal with the stress. So it was just this really vicious cycle that I wanted to get off of. So I got myself a coach. I got lots of help, lots of support. I'm going to introduce you to Amanda. There are a lot of great alcohol freedom coaches out there available for women. And I think even if you're just curious about this, and you want to try being alcohol-free for a day or a couple of days. Whatever your situation may be, just know it's possible for you. And your true diamond girl is inside of you. She does not need to be numbed every night. She doesn't have to drink to connect with a man or get cozy with her husband. She can find some other ways, find her true self, and really connect with that and her partner and her life. I promise you, it's totally possible. All right, so here's my interview with Amanda Kuda. I hope you all enjoy it. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hi, everyone. I'd like to welcome my special guest, Amanda Kuda. She is an alcohol-free life coach. I'm so excited to have Amanda on my podcast. This podcast is for women because Amanda has been my coach. 
She has helped me really turn a corner on a lifestyle and feelings and experience I was having with my life that I just didn't want anymore. I didn't want this identity that I felt like I was becoming or relying on. And that was a very popular meme called Wine 30, (laughs) where at a certain time in the day, I really just had to have a glass of wine or it was my unwind, wind down routine. And I didn't like what was happening to me, who I was slowly becoming. So let me introduce Amanda. Thank you for being on my podcast today. Oh, I'm so excited to chat with you today. Yeah, you have really been instrumental in helping me rediscover a different part of myself and also understand what I felt like was this identity I was becoming that I didn't Mm -hmm. want, that I didn't Mm -hmm. connect with. Can you tell us a little bit about how you work with women? Because you are a coach Mm -hmm. um, and just how you work with women and how you serve them and what women come to you needing. Yeah, absolutely. So I stumbled into this career after a career in business coaching, public speaking, and holistic life coaching. And today I work with high achieving, successful, driven spiritually focused women who are really tired of their relationship with alcohol. Now they don't qualify for 12 steps or recovery. They don't identify as addicts. They haven't hit a rock bottom, but they know that their drinking is keeping them stuck in some way. And some of them can articulate specifically what that is. And for some of them, it's just a feeling and intuition that they're meant for something more. They have something bigger and bolder and brighter to share in the world. And that this tiny habit that seems so innocent and so socially acceptable and so minimal in their life is really actually making a big impact. And so even though they're not addicted though, because there's so much stigma around alcohol and because it is a habit forming substance and because of all of these reasons, they want someone to help support them. And so I do life coaching and mindset work with um, what I call elective sobriety or sobriety by choice as the foundation. And so, you know, and I, I know we'll talk about your experience a little bit from working with me that the work that I do isn't so much about breaking up with alcohol but it's about getting through some of the experiences that you frequently use alcohol to numb or get through. And if you can get tools and shifts of mindset to get through some of these, these kind of like life pains or social insecurities or emotional insecurities, then alcohol can become insignificant because you'll no longer want to numb. And so the work that I do is really on the holistic kind of life level to where we can get your life to be so beautiful that you don't even want to numb out or, or escape it in any way. Imagine that. Imagine a life so beautiful and wonderful. You don't have to numb out. So I work with a lot of women who are going through some really difficult changes in life, whether Mm -hmm. they are single, lonely, heartbroken, going through divorce. And this is actually when I began having my habit of drinking which was everyone, all my fans know about the artist. I had been a non-drinker type. I Mm -hmm. just had never caught on to that concept or idea. I mean, I experimented a little bit with it when I was a teenager. Mm -hmm. And then by the time I turned 21, 22, it just didn't have appeal to me. And I naturally attracted people into my life who weren't drinkers, was just who I was. 
Mm-hmm. So it was never, it was never any type of issue for me. And then I started going through my divorce and the artist was in my life and the artist liked to drink. And he introduced me to different types of beers and wines. And then before I knew it, it seemed like every time we were going out, we were drinking. Or if we went out to dinner, we were drinking. Or if we went on vacation, it would be about stocking up on having enough alcohol. And before I knew it, it just seemed like every night we were having alcohol And I was a real lightweight and I I still really am. But long story short, when he exited my life, the one thing I had from him was the alcohol. Mm. And I became who this new version of Adrian with this alcohol in my life. I was no longer that previous version. And that was a huge turning point that you helped me with because Mm. part of the work working with you is you have this amazing homework, this journaling homework that you drill down and I'll let every, I'll let you tell everyone what that question is that you ask. Yeah. Well, I, I really ask about, you know, your, your story with alcohol because alcohol isn't just something that you picked up one day and that was that. There's this like this narrative we have around it. And a lot of yours, it sounds like has to do with this relationship with love, with maybe even freedom, with spontaneity, with, um, you know, whatever you associated the artist with in that person, that persona that you stepped into. And many times when we pick up this habit of alcohol, it's part of a bigger persona. And so I always ask, what is, you know, what is the story you picked up when you were, you know, not even drinking? Because we have a story that goes back far, far beyond we started when we started consuming alcohol, but when you had that pivot point, when alcohol really became meaningful and kind of habitual in your life, what was the story? Who were you trying to be? What was your persona and what did it mean to you? And so often we pick it up, but we never put it down. It's like we put on the costume and we never, we never take it off. And it sounds like you kind of had that experience when you were um, in the relationship with the artist. I'm laughing because I have to say it was the most, I've done so many homeworks and coaching programs never has a question rocked me so much Mm -hmm. as this one did. And you had other questions, you know, how, how did my parents use alcohol? Well, they really did. They really Mm -hmm. didn't. Mm -hmm. But I remember when my parents would separate, my mom always had a bottle of like Mogan David in the refrigerator or Manischewitz. You know, we always had some sort of like, you know, religiously approved wine. (laughs) Yes. I guess that made it okay. Right. And, and she, in no way, None, none of my family members have used alcohol at all. To this day, I've never seen either of them remotely intoxicated. So I know it didn't come from that. And I'm, I'm just doing this homework. And you asked me the question about early childhood experience. And there was a summer I spent with my cousins. They were a little bit older and they watched all the soap operas. And I'll never forget the young and the restless. I forget the actress's name, but she just has always the rings on her uh-huh. fingers. And she's always somehow in an evening gown in the middle of the afternoon. And maybe it was Victor leaving her. It was someone leaving her. And she was going through yet another breakup. And what does she do? She reaches for this beautiful crystal bottle, pours herself a drink. Mm -hmm. And I remember my little cousin and I, we would play this pretend game called breakup. And we would have our own simulated, like difficult times we were going through and we would get little fancy glasses and pour drinks and pretend like we were just struggling going through these difficult times. (laughs) (laughs) And we learned it from the soap opera. And so here I was going through a breakup, going through a divorce, first time in my life, having something like big, like this happened to me. And what was I doing? I had, it had come into my life. That was not a coincidence. 
Mm-mm. Nope. You're playing out a narrative. And I just, you know, it's so funny to, to imagine, I don't think you told me the, the full, um, like vision of the soap opera story before, because it is, it's so tactical too, or tactile, I guess, where you think of the like crystal bottle and like all of the rings and even the sound the rings make when you put it against the bottle and when you uncork the bottle and, and all of those things for a kid is part of this, like make-believe experience that you probably saw this woman and thought, oh, wow, she's really sophisticated and beautiful. And this breakup is a thing. It's like a center of her life and here's what she does. And then flash forward to you as an adult, having a breakup and then a new relationship, right? (laughs) You, you act out what you were shown. You only had so many models of what that looked like. And so we do what's been modeled to us, even if it's by media. And even if it's by very, very dramatic media, like a soap opera that's still stuck in your mind. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that was another eye opening event. And you, and you talked about this a lot in your program and your coaching is how it is everywhere in the media. Mm -hmm. And, and for anyone who's listening to this right now, and you're saying, this is ridiculous. Alcohol is okay. You know, I didn't have, I don't have a drinking problem, Adrian. Well, neither did I, yeah, you know, neither same. did I, and neither did you. It was just that I had, it became glamorized to me. Mm-hmm. Are you tired of feeling misunderstood, ignored, or frustrated by the men in your life? Do you wish you knew how to communicate with them in a way that makes them listen, respect, and adore you? If you answered yes to any of these questions, then you need to check out my ebook, 500 Ways to Talk to a Man. This ebook is a comprehensive guide to help you master the art of feminine communication and get what you want from any man in an authentic, warm, loving, caring way. Whether you're single, dating, or in a relationship, this ebook teaches you how to express your feelings, needs, and desires in a way that makes him want to please you and commit to you. You'll learn how to avoid common mistakes that push men away, how to use your voice and body language to attract and keep attention, and how to handle conflict and disagreements without losing his respect, and much, much more. Plus, you'll get access to my two-day video class that teaches you a lot of body postures and poses that you can use in a lot of different situations, so you'll never run out of the right words to say. 500 Ways to Talk to a Man is the ultimate resource for any woman who wants to improve her communication skills and create a deeper connection with the man in her life. Don't miss this opportunity to transform your love life and get my ebook today. Go to www.everheartcoaching.com and get your copy. The link is below in the description. It, ha- it took on meaning and an identity that the media, that television shows had given me. And it was becoming part of me, almost like a parasite mm-hmm. that, I, that I didn't want in my life that I couldn't, I couldn't scratch off. Yeah. And I'll never forget my, my first week I was going in today, six or seven alcohol free, wanted to do big, huge chunk of time because there are a lot of exercises that you get a person to do during that time. Mm-hmm. And I, every channel on the television, I'm clicking big bang theory. There's Penny with her glass of wine. I click mm-hmm. another channel and the guy's like, can I get you a drink? I mean, it was just every channel yeah. I was watching and it just it started to just, you know, 
really blow my mind how alcohol, which is everywhere, how it's influencing us. So how do you help women who, what does your, what does a client look like? What are they suffering with when they come to you? And how do you get them over this place? Because alcohol is legal after a certain mm-hmm. age. I mean, it's served everywhere. Tell us a little bit about that process. Yeah. Most of the women who come to me have a very similar visual from the outside. They look like they're really successful and they are. They're killing it in their career. They're doing all the things, the wellness things. They're doing the fitness. They're doing the, you know, the outward box checking. They either, um, you know, have a relationship or are looking for one. They have an active social life, but they feel stuck. They feel lost. They feel like something's missing. They feel like they're on kind of like a groundhog day, just little repetitive cycle of, you know, I go through my week, I check the boxes. And then on the weekends I check out and is this all there is? And they're feeling dissatisfied. They're feeling lonely. You know, maybe they don't have the friendships or the romantic partner that they want, or maybe they do have a romantic partner, but not quite the relationship they want with that person. And so they're using alcohol to numb out because they're dissatisfied with their career or they're bored with their career. They're so successful, but they're not passionate about what they're doing, but they climbed the ladder so far that they feel like they can't jump off. Um, They have that relationship, but it's feeling kind of mundane or they're hoping to find a relationship. And every single thing just seems like, you know, another happy hour or another, Mm -hmm. you know, date where you're getting drunk with someone and then either hooking up with them, or you aren't really sure if you even like them by the end, because you have such beer (laughs) bottles on. And they're just in this place where they feel like, what is the point of all of this? They're not, you know, desperate. They're not at a rock bottom, but they just feel like they were destined for something bigger and they want someone to help them find it. And so really I am kind of like a vision holder for these women who are meant to do something more, but have been diluting themselves and keeping themselves stuck because you can't do so much in your life when you're either drunk or hungover. And once you're out of that cycle, you have so much more potential available to you in every area of your life. And all of the women who come to me are ready for this. They've been yearning for it. They've been wanting it, but they just kind of need someone to tell them, Hey, it would be okay. And in fact, it would be really rad and really expansive if you stopped drinking for a while, maybe not forever, but for a while and see how that helped you as it's, it's kind of like going gluten-free, like just do it and see how you feel. See if you feel more energetic. And yeah, we go through a lot of exercises to help rewire their mindset around alcohol and their own capabilities. And so that they can start finding fulfillment and expressing their full potential in each of these different areas of their lives. You brought up a word that took me the longest time to wrap my head around it. And that was diluting. Mm-hmm. Another word you use is pickling. Yeah. And yep. then the, the other one is I'm trying to remember. It just means less of you is here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Less, yeah. Of, less of you is here. So for anyone wondering, how can a glass of wine possibly make less of me here. Well, Mm -hmm. here's what it was doing to me. Mm -hmm. I would work a really long day Mm -hmm. because that's another thing I was doing. I was pushing my body high achiever type. Yep. Go getter. And you know, I wasn't happy with my life. So what do you do? I've got to work to make my career better. That was Mm -hmm. how I solved a problem. Mm -hmm. I didn't understand about pleasure, cultivating pleasure, self-care, doing things that felt good and getting in touch with that part of my brain, which is an incredibly feminine place to be. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Matt, I would say 
drinking is a more for me masculine energy in that you're just quickly solving a problem by twisting the lid off of something. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. How does feminine energy, if at all, play into your work or your lifestyle or your own decision to be alcohol free? Yeah. You know, I, I also really used alcohol to become a character and that's what a lot of people do. We use it, we think to become more, you know, I, I was shooting for this, my, my kind of vision of what a well-rounded woman was, was Carrie Bradshaw, because, you know, during the time I was in my early to late teens, sex in the city was the show. And so I wanted to be a writer and I came from a small town. So living in a big city seemed so glamorous And Carrie was this feminine, you know, eccentric woman with a closet full of fab, fabulous clothes, (laughs) always had men throwing themselves after her. And she always had a cosmopolitan in her hand. Mm. And so let's be clear. I wasn't classy enough for cosmopolitans (laughs) when I started drinking nor for a long time after, but I did my best as I could to embody that energy that I perceived to be feminine. But I'll tell you what, when I was drinking, the version of me that came out was not this soft, fun, flirtatious, flowing. No, she was loud. She was, you know, magnanimous, huge personality. It was like it allowed this larger than life version of me to come out. And she wasn't soft and feminine and flirtatious. So really feeling comfortable with what is it like to be more in that soft energy or even bring out, um, you know, sometimes that more assertive and powerful energy that you have, that you think that alcohol is giving you access to really just actually tapping into your intuition and saying, who do I want to be? And intuition is a feminine energy who mm-hmm. not even who do I want to be? Who am I? Yeah. And how have I been, instead of being that person, choosing to turn up the volume with alcohol so that I can feel permitted to be loud and aggressive or whatever you become as a drinker, Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. very few people get really quiet. I I haven't had many people tell me, (laughs) oh, I get so quiet and demure when I'm drinking. No, we're usually more loud and outgoing. Um, How can I be comfortable being that on my own? Or how can I be comfortable just being in the normal energy that I exude and, and not only being in it, actually knowing what that is because we've become so accustomed to playing these roles. And so really, I think that just being in that feminine energy is being comfortable with who you are authentically, but even more than that, having the courage to get in touch with who you are authentically versus trying to be who you think you should be in order to be liked and popular and good Mm -hmm. and right and in order to fit in. And yeah, I think that it's just really tapping into that feminine and intuitive energy of who am I not? Who do I want to be? Who did someone tell me to be, but who am I? And what would it feel like just to be her? (laughs) I love it. Especially in early dating. Mm -hmm. I tell a lot of my clients, if you can just lay off the soft, if you mm-hmm. if you go out and you drink and he has cocktails, don't do it or do it much less because I want you to really be able to see and know who this is. I mean, I've heard everything from someone, you know, being so nervous on a date that they blacked out from drinking. Yep. Well, I've done it. I'm sure. I mean, I've gotten uh, darn close. I don't think I've ever blacked out, but I've definitely drank too much on a date. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Dear Colgate, I love that you love that I love being at home. You even let me whiten my teeth from home. Because you know how I feel about getting up from my cloud couch. The Colgate Optic White LED Kit gives professional-level results in just 10 minutes a day for 10 days when used as directed. And that's why, Colgate, I want you to meet my parents. Because ever since meeting you, I've been living life to the brightest. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Are you tired of feeling misunderstood, ignored, or frustrated by the men in your life? Do you wish you knew how to communicate with them in a way that makes them listen, respect, and adore you? If you answered yes to any of these questions, then you need to check out my ebook, 500 Ways to Talk to a Man. This ebook is a comprehensive guide to help you master the art of feminine communication and get what you want from any man in an authentic, warm, loving, caring way. Whether you're single, dating, or in a relationship, this ebook teaches you how to express your feelings, needs, and desires in a way that makes him want to please you and commit to you. You'll learn how to avoid common mistakes that push men away, how to use your voice and body language to attract and keep attention, and how to handle conflict and disagreements without losing his respect, and much, much more. Plus, you'll get access to my two-day video class that teaches you a lot of body postures and poses that you can use in a lot of different situations, so you'll never run out of the right words to say. 500 Ways to Talk to a Man is the ultimate resource for any woman who wants to improve her communication skills and create a deeper connection with the man in her life. Don't miss this opportunity to transform your love life and get my ebook today. Go to www.everheartcoaching.com and get your copy. The link is below in the description. And then we wonder like, oh, why isn't he calling me back? Or we just become a different version of ourselves that isn't authentic. So in early dating, I think it's important if you're struggling in your marriage or your relationship, it's really easy to turn to alcohol. But one of the things that you taught me, that pain that you're numbing mm-hmm. has a message for you. It has, it has some wisdom to it. You have to just be willing to sit with that pain and get to the other side. So for me, step one was hello pain. Mm-hmm. I have, I can't just get a glass of wine and go, let me forget this day. I've been working all day. I need to unwind. Mm-hmm. I had to find other ways to do it. And my body was like, uh-uh. Well, my yeah. brain, <laughs> my brain was like, uh-uh, bring back our bottle. Like we want our glass of wine, you know? Mm-hmm. So I got through, you get through that part, which I guess is just like some sort of trigger to stay in your same state of being, like mm-hmm. you said, stuck. And then the second part was, oh my gosh, I've got problems. How do I fix these problems? How do mm-hmm. I face this feeling mm-hmm. that I'm having? 
And so it is a lot easier to open a bottle of wine. What do you feel other than clarity and truth, really feeling grounded? What do you think is the upside to either abstaining for a good long period of time or learning to moderate much differently than what you were doing previously? What's the upside to this? So many. I mean, you, if you have been drinking at a consistent level, not even an excessive level, because I think that when actually I didn't answer this question, you asked, what is the, you know, what is the harm with one bottle or with one glass of wine or Mm -hmm. whatever, whatever floats floats for you, because most people, yourself included, I'm not drinking that much, but I just have a feeling that it is doing something that I cannot conceive. And here's the deal. Most of us took like, um, you know, dare class or whatever, where we learned about drugs and alcohol and we learned that they're bad. And I'm not here to tell you that alcohol is bad, wrong, or evil. And I'm definitely not a doctor or a scientist, but what I can tell you is that alcohol fundamentally changes the way that your brain functions. And it doesn't matter if you drink less of it, that change starts to happen after you, after you take two tablespoons of alcohol. It starts to happen. So even if you've cut back, alcohol is affecting the way that your brain functions, the way that you perceive things, the way that you process information, the way that you handle adversity. And so over time, it might seem like, or at the time, it might seem like, oh, I'm helping myself deal with this problem. Well, we know that that's not true because we know the problem doesn't go away. So what you're doing is you're momentarily forgetting the problem. But then as you can attest, and as many people listening can attest that problem, the anxiety associated with the problem boomerangs back the next day in full force. And then because you have changed the chemistry of your brain, you no longer have the capacity to deal with it. And so you're not only keeping the problem around longer, you're actually making yourself less capable of dealing with it. Mm -hmm. And this is the thing that we don't, I mean, we get it once you, once I say it, I bet there's people shaking their head like, oh yeah, I do feel, (laughs) you know, more anxious the next day, the next day, and even more downtrodden or whatever the feeling is. I do feel less capable of dealing with that thing, but we don't want to look at, we don't really want to look at that because what we want so bad is the initial relief. We don't realize that we're just prolonging the problem long-term and that's not Um, that's not what any of us want to do intentionally. It just seems like a good idea because it was sold to us and it seemed like an effective solution Mm -hmm. in the past, but it's, it's not. Yeah. It's a hamster wheel. Mm -hmm. It -hmm. just, once you get on it, you go from, oh, I'm just going to have a glass of wine at dinner time to, Mm -hmm. well, it's five o'clock somewhere. And then, and then some days it's two o'clock and you have a glass of wine and it really, I'm glad you're talking about the amount you drink because I was in no way any type of heavy drinker, but there were days where I was like, whoa, we finished this bottle kind of early, or Mm -hmm. my husband had a glass with me, or I would drink earlier in the day. If I was going through a stressful time, Mm -hmm. I could tell this was just not how I wanted to be living my life. And so I'd abstain for, you know, a week or two, and then I would just fall right back into it because I wasn't doing the work. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just because you stop drinking, just because you sit on your hands and you don't bring home wine from the store or beer or whatever, doesn't mean you're doing the work. This is yeah. a lot yeah. deeper and really yeah. rewarding stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, okay. So you had asked, what is the upside? And for me, the upside is as you flex that muscle, because that muscle that I, and we'll call it just like the courage muscle for lack of a better word, but it's all of these skills, these skills of problem solving, being vulnerable, um, doing what needs to be done. They've all started to atrophy 
And so when you have a muscle that is, has not been worked for a while, it's going to feel really hard. Like you experience some of these problems that are admittedly first world problems, but very stressful in our own individual lives, they start to feel very heavy and very overwhelming. But as you like pick up a little weight of the problem and you keep doing the reps and flexing that muscle over and over, you become stronger, you become more resilient. You become more capable as you have alcohol out of the way, your, your brain starts to, you have, you know, neuroplasticity is a thing. So your brain starts to rewire itself and you become more courageous and more capable and competent to handle these different problems that you have. You become more, um, you, you start, will start to have tests in your life that you will pass and that will increase your self-esteem and your self-worth. When you do something that you used to think that you needed alcohol to do, like go to a happy hour or go on a first date. Mm -hmm. That's really powerful. That makes you feel really good. And so your self-esteem grows or a vacation. You can actually go on a wonderful vacation and not have to numb out during any of it. Totally. And to be fully present and actually take a break, take a real break and let your body, you know, experience what a vacation is like. I know that you had a couple of experiences when we were working together that you were on vacation and, you know, we have this perception that, oh, this is when I should really, this is when I should check out and really, really hit it hard because that's what vacation is. And what if vacation was just enjoying the beach? What if that was it? And And we forget how beautiful those experiences are. So true. Yeah. It numbing our brain becomes the new acceptance acceptable way, or I would say numbing our brain becomes our acceptable way of relaxing. And Mm -hmm. you're, we're just so much better than that, you know, Mm -hmm. than to have to put a toxin. This is another thing you taught me. Alcohol is a neurotoxin. Mm -hmm. You know, it is, there's nothing in it. That's good for you. Mm -hmm. No matter how it's packaged, even if it's the red wine, um, what is it? The- it's like organic, you know, I'm, you, you can slap all the labels on it that you want, but at the end of the day, it's still ethanol is the base of ethanol, wine or yes. anything. And again, this is not to make anyone feel bad or guilty, right. but if you are someone who wants to live a vibrant life, you have to treat your body, um, in vibrant ways and alcohol simply isn't that. Yeah. And, and so now, you know, I do moderate, I am in a different place with it. It's still something that I work on and something that I really wish I could eliminate completely out of my life. Mm -hmm. And maybe that day will happen for me, but I know I'm in a much better place. Yes. Spiritually with my health, cognitively, Mm-hmm. being able to problem solve and be mm-hmm. confident in that problem solving. So it really has a lot of upside. So before we wrap things up, I want to tell all of my audience where they can find you, where they can learn more about you. But there are two topics I would love for you to cover for anyone who's listening, who maybe is struggling with addiction, or they're feeling like they're not sure the difference between addiction and a habit. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. how the word alcoholism will make, for example, it made me completely neurotic. Sorry, you can hear my little dog barking. <laughs> um, the idea or the concept of alcoholism made me feel like, oh my god, I'm I'm wanting a glass of wine on day three of my break. I must be an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then you know, going to people I knew and love and kind of, you know, they're telling me, oh, you're crazy. You don't have a problem. You Mm -hmm. haven't hit rock bottom. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
And so those were a lot of the things that I was wrestling with is this alcoholism and this term rock bottom. What can you share? What's some of your wisdom you can share with us about that and, and versus just having a habit you want to. Well, that what I will say is I am not an addiction specialist. And so I, I don't have a lot of experience in, in, um, working with those who are experiencing addiction and are afraid that they are afraid or curious or wonder if they do have a problem, but you, what I will tell you is I want, no matter what, if you are curious or you sense that alcohol has really, really a place in your life that has become so big that it's become not, you know, I would say that at the alcoholic level, it's maybe unmanageable, but even in a non-addicted way, it becomes Mm -hmm. unmanageable because you just don't Mm -hmm. want to anymore. Like, guess what? My, my, my laundry is unmanageable and I'm a single person. It's because I don't want to manage it anymore. I don't want to do it. I don't find joy from it. And so if the relationship has become something where it just doesn't feel like it's congruent with the life that you want to lead, Mm -hmm. that's when it's important to look at it. And I always say, you don't need to have a problem with alcohol for it to be a problem in your life. If you do feel you've reached the level that it's, that it is a problem. There are so many programs and resources that are available that can be very, very helpful. And don't let the fact also that maybe you don't resonate with that very, very common language of addiction, rock bottom and recovery, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that you that you haven't hit a rock bottom. Don't let that distract you from changing, some making a change. There's so many more paths available now. I mean, these paths were already available, always available, but now they've become acceptable. And that's, I think the cool thing that's been happening within the last five years is that words like sober curious and trends like dry January are picking up and giving normal, whatever normal is. I'm using this quote fingers, social casual drinkers an opportunity to change their relationship with alcohol so that sobriety isn't just about addiction anymore. Well, that's still a a very important topic. It's not just about that anymore. And I think that that's really beautiful because the more people who we can have conscious and awake and present in this world, the better. I love it Yeah, because again, I can, I can lean neurotic and a lot of my clients can too. Anything that you overthink, there are so many labels. I would say nine out of 10 women I speak to come to me and say, my partner, uh, my partner is a, um, oh God, what's that word? It's a narcissist. Too. Yeah. Yep. But, I was like, I know it. Don't worry. <laughs> okay. Yeah. They come to me. Everyone's a narcissist now, you mm-hmm. know? And, and while I, I cannot tell you if they are or aren't alcohol, the word alcoholic is an incredibly mm-hmm. outdated word. Yes. And I don't know how many, I don't know if anyone's listening to this, that you just have a habit, even if you have drank until you blacked out, even mm-hmm. if you have gone on binges or, or even if you're just, what do they call it? Gray line drinking? What's gray area. Yeah. Gray area is between having, you know, one every now and then to, to having what is classified as a problem. And that's most people. Ah, it's like the messy middle I of, think so. Yeah. Yeah. And as you can tell, I don't know these terms. That's why you want to get Amanda to help you. But just understanding that you are, you, you aren't necessarily some label that was invented years and years ago before all of this information about our brains and how habits work. There is help. There is a way to get around this and you don't have to go into a 12 step program unless it speaks to you. Mm -hmm. But for me, it was just really about cleaning up my thinking noticing what I was feeling in my body, 
monitoring my decision making, getting new tools, new habits into my life, implementing those. And that sounds a lot like the work I do with women when it comes in terms of getting in touch with their feminine energy and learning how to speak from their body. It was a very similar language. So tell everyone uh, how they can find you and how in ways that you can help them. And also you have some very exciting news. I'd love to start with that. Yeah. Later this year. Absolutely. In October, I will be publishing my first book um, with Penguin Random House called Unbottled Potential. And it's all about breaking up with alcohol so that you can break through to your best life. And I'm so excited. It's on pre-order now. Um, and then in addition, you can, you know, always find me on Instagram. That's my main place that I hang out. And if something kind of piqued your curiosity today, or had you really nodding your head, I think just lurking around and getting to know me a little bit, um, and seeing the work that I do and how I talk about alcohol and sobriety might be really inspiring to you. So I'd love to connect with anyone who is interested over there. I'm at Amanda Kuda and that's kind of the primary place that I hang out. Yes. At Amanda Kuda and that's Amanda and then K-U-D-A. Yeah, you got it. And you offer a variety of services from, for women, Mm self-study programs, one-on-one coaching. I think Mm -hmm. you have a group program. Yeah. Yeah. I have um, just launched a new hybrid program where you get a little bit of the self-study, a little bit of one-on-one for me and a little bit of group support. And I think that that is really a magical, um, trifecta of support. And so I will, I'll put that on my Instagram profile, or I can give you the link as well. And would love to share that with anyone who this work resonates with. And they're like, yep, that feels good. I'm ready to change this relationship with alcohol and set myself on a new path. (laughs) I think that's a great idea. And again, anyone who's just interested, you're a little curious about this, definitely check out Amanda's work. She has helped me in so many ways. Just help me reverse the person I had became in a way and get back to authentically being Adrian. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, you're authentically Amanda. That's me. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Oh, that's so great to like get to remember so many parts of your story today and how, and just see how much more vibrant you are now that you have visited this and I just think it's wonderful. And I'm so proud of yeah. you and the work that you've done to really be comfortable being in, in and with yourself. Yeah. I, I can't stop laughing throughout this whole uh, podcast because I just remember, I think one of the things that I told you, I was like, there's just so much of me. Mm-hmm. There's just so much me and the day is so long and hours, you know, felt so long and evenings just stretched on. I'd look at my clock and I, I would be shocked. It was only seven 30. Yeah. And then I'm thinking like, don't you want more life? Don't you yes. want days to last longer? So, but it is a whole lot of you at first. You really get to know yourself. Totally. Uh, but, but who else would you rather spend time with and get to know I better? So. <laughs> I agree. Yep. Well, exciting. I'm going to have all Amanda's links below and definitely check out her book. It's available on pre-order, follow her on Instagram. And if you want to go deeper, she offers coaching sessions and coaching groups and things like this. She will absolutely help you because again, she is a life coach. It's not like in your sessions, you just talk about how much you want alcohol nonstop. Mm-hmm. You actually talk about what's going on in your life that the alcohol seems like the best solution for. So yes, well said. Twist. That's yes. twist. All right, Amanda, thank you so much for being on my show today. Thank you. I will talk to you soon, my friend.
Bye-bye. That was excellent. Lovely. I loved it.